He turned east off the highway toward the mountain, and they pulled up to the condo just after two in the morning. The place was woodsy, plush, and remote, with the forest dissolving on all sides into moonless black. Abitangelo retrieved a key from the hiding place he'd been told about, opened the door, and switched on the light. Shell ventured inside on tiptoe, like a nymph in some French ballet, and glanced around. You could do terrible things to me here, she said. Cut me up like a chicken. Nobody'd ever know. Abitangelo, following her in, closed the door and tossed her the key, gently so she'd catch it. Gee, he said, we've only just met and you already know me so well. They spent the next three days holed up alone, curtains drawn, door locked, phone off the hook. Outside, in a freak spring heat wave, desert temperatures rose to record levels. Inside, they tumbled, roiled, laughed, clinging to each other, their sweat running milky and slick. Later, naked and tasting of each other, they'd lay there bleary on drenched sheets, staring at the ceiling fan in wonder. From Vegas, they flew to San Diego for the sake of the ocean breeze, taking a room at the Hotel Americana on Shelter Island. Here, at last, they began to show themselves in public, taking in the sights, the nightlife. From time to time, Shell found herself glancing sidelong at this new man in her life, wondering, who is this creature? How did he make it all happen so fast? In the looks department, he was better than average, but not so slick he could gloat. He was tall, though, always a plus, with the kind of build only swimming provides. And my, but the man could swim. In the mornings, she'd sit poolside in a hotel lounge chair as he swam laps, fanning herself with the breakfast menu and marveling not only at how gorgeous and strong he looked in the water, but how much she enjoyed just sitting there, watching him, I'm a schoolgirl at summer camp, she thought, lusting after the lifeguard. Truth be told, she liked everything about him. He could be shy as a boy one minute, and then click, the eyes came on, the mind snapped to, and nothing got past him. They entered a room and heads turned, not because of one or the other, but the two of them together. Never happened like that before, she thought. Maybe your luck's changed, with men at any rate. He had with him some serious-looking cameras, and Shell assumed he was a photographer of some sort, one with money to spare. He was generous with it, too, spending it on her with the giddy finesse of a man embarked on a winning streak. When she pressed him once, You do this for a living? He offered a demented little grin and called himself an artiste mauvais. Oh, gee, well, doesn't that just clear the whole thing up, she said. Like Rambeau, he explained. When she just stared at him, he added, French poet, disciple of Baudelaire. He gave up poetry and ended up running guns in Abyssinia. She sensed something in his voice. You gonna tell me that's what you do? It took him a moment to answer, and all he said was, I don't like guns. Don't like what they do to people. 
Smiling, finally, he added, And Abyssinia no longer exists.